Hey guys, welcome back to Befriending Jesus. I'm your host Adeniola Alamide. If you're new here, I congratulate you and I welcome you to the very voice of God. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to obey God part two. Episode one, we talked about obeying God. How do we obey God? And God revealed to us that to obey Him is to love Him because you can only obey him by loving him and loving him is to know him and to seek him so if you haven't listened to um the last episode that talked on how to obey god please listen and you will be blessed immensely now today's um topic we're going to be talking about how to obey god part two this is an extension of the previous one and also a modification on the topic we're going to be talking on how to obey god when storms and issues in your life threaten your love for god because since we know that we obey god by loving him how do we now continue to obey him when storms and issues in life threaten that love we have for him now um we are going to be starting from the very beginning what is obedience to god what is obedience to god Obedience to God is living in submission to Him. Obedience to God is following His commands, following His instructions. That is obedience to God. Now, um, I want us to know or think about where did disobedience come from? Because we know that obedience is following God's instructions. So how did people even know how to disobey God? Where did disobedience come from? And so I want us to open our Bible to Genesis 2, 15 to 17. This podcast is a podcast that talks on the word of God. So I expect you or I advise you to have your Bible beside you so we can follow on the verses together. So please open your Bible to Genesis 2, 15 to 17. I read, it says... The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The man is Adam. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Verse 17. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now this was God giving a commandment to Adam, the first man he created in the garden. He spoke to him he gave me a commandment he said you can eat from any tree in the garden you can take care of the garden and work it but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil this was a commandment and instruction that god gave the man and we if we move downward to verse 18 to 19 and 20 and so on we see that god created a woman to be with the man god created a helper and adam named her eve woman so there were two in the garden adam and eve the woman and the man god created and god had laid that commandment they can take care of the garden they can work the garden they can eat from any fruits in the garden but they must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that was a commandment god gave to them and they loved God, they knew God, they had a relationship with God. If you read the Bible thoroughly in this Genesis, you would see that God used to come to the garden to speak to them. God used to come to the garden to fellowship with them and they were always fellowshipping with him. So they knew God, they loved God, they they knew him and it was that love that enabled them to obey him. 
so what actually happened to their love where did disobedience come from how did they end up disobeying god what happened so i want us to go to genesis 3 verse 6 to 7 please let's open our bibles and get to that verse i read it says when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too mind you these fruits they were eating was the fruits that god told them not to eat then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked so they sealed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves now this fruit that they were eating this fruit that they were eating was the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that god had warned them not to eat in the previous verses before this the devil came to tempt eve the woman and he told her that she would certainly not die if she ate the fruit but that she would be like god knowing good and evil so we see in verse 6 we see that it says when the woman that's eve when she saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food that is lost that is lost of the flesh and pleasing to the eye that is lost of the eyes and also desirable for gaining wisdom the pride of life these are the three things the devil always uses to make people fall against god these are the three things the devil always uses to make people disobey god the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life so we see that the love that she had for god wasn't more if um in in effectiveness so how do i put it yes it was now lost that was driving her and because of the loss that was what made her disobey god we see that that loss was like a veil that covered the love she had for god and that was what made her disobey god so when they disobeyed god there was a system that was built in the flesh of man there was a system that was built in the flesh of human beings and that system is that the flesh would always want to disobey god the flesh would always want to go against obedience to god now this system that is that is built that was built from disobedience to god i want us to talk more on it so please let's open our bibles to genesis 3 verse 14 please open your bible and let's read the verse together it says so the lord god said to the serpents because you have done this because um the serpent was the one that tempted eve and the serpent is the devil so he cursed him he said because you have done this cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life now we know serpents don't eat dust so what does god truly mean by saying you will eat dust all the days of your life what god meant was that the devil will eat flesh all the days of his life he will feed on the flesh of human beings all the days of his life and this was the system that was built so because the devil would would eat would feed on the flesh of human beings all the days of his life that was why the flesh always wanted to do things against god because the devil is ready to make people disobey god and because he had been cursed here that he would feed on flesh all the days of his life that is why it is that's why the flesh is now corrupted the flesh is now corrupted in terms by the flesh would always want to disobey god the flesh will always want to go against obedience to god and the flesh is also called the sinful nature that brings sin the effects of the flesh is sin 
the flesh is also the sinful nature so if i say the flesh i mean the sinful nature and if i mean the sin if i say the sinful nature i mean the flesh so the effect of the sinful nature brings sin the effect of the sinful nature is sin so we see that sin is disobedience to god because the sinful nature brings disobedience to god and the sinful nature the effect of the sinful nature is sin so we know sin is disobedience to god and we know sin is um, it leads to death now sin is disobedience to god and since disobedience to god is going against obedience to god we see that sin contradicts the laws of god because the laws of god the laws of god is what guides you to obey god just like god laid an instruction in the garden it was an instruction that would make them obey what he wanted them to do so we see that laws from god are guide they're like guiding points so let's say guiding forces that lead us to obey him so sin contradicts the laws of god sin contradicts the laws that guide us to obey god and so i want us to move to romans 4 verse 15 for us to see how this sin actually contradicts the laws that help us to obey god i read it says because the law brings wrath wrath is the same as death because the law brings wrath that's death and where there is no law there is no transgression that means where there is no law there is no sin so now this was basically saying that where there is no law there is no sin sin contradicts the laws that help us to obey god and because there is a law to guide us to obey god there is a sin to contradict it do you understand so if there is no law sin will lose its power because if sin is against the laws that help us to obey god if there is no law that god will set for us to obey him then sin has lost his power sin has no way to um have an effect do you understand and that was what was said in romans 4 14 it says because the law brings death because sin leads to death and since um um what's it called the flesh that's the sinful nature makes us to disobey the laws of god that means there is no way we can now actually obey god because um the the sinful nature in us would always want to disobey those laws so it now said because the law brings death in terms by sin will always make you disobey the law and that leads to death and where there is no law there is no sin where there is no law for us to obey god sin has lost its power because it has nothing to go against <laughs> do you understand so because there is law to help us to obey god there is always a sin to contradict it now let's go to romans 7 verse 9 to 18 please open your bible and let's read that verse together i read it says once i was alive apart from the law but when the commandments came sin sprang to life and i died i found that the very commandments that was intended to bring life actually brought death for sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandments deceived me and through the commandments puts me to death so then the law is holy and the commandments is holy righteous and good did that which is good then become death to me by no means nevertheless in order that sin might be recognized as sin it's used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandments sin might become utterly sinful we know that the law is spiritual but i am unspiritual sold as a slave to sin 
I do not understand what I do. For what I don't want to do, I do not do. But I hate what I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So this is Paul complaining. This is Paul complaining that he wants to do what is good, but he cannot do what is good because of the sinful nature in him. He's saying that the law is holy. The law of God is holy and righteous and good. But does it now mean that the law brings death? He now said, no, the law doesn't bring death, but that it is sin in him that makes the law bring him to death because sin leads to death and sin will always contradict the laws of God that leads to death. So he's saying that he is unspiritual because he has that flesh in him. He's in the flesh. He has his body and the body is corrupted. So he's complaining that the sinful nature in him is not letting him to obey God. Do you understand? He was just saying here that he was just letting people know that he wants to do what is right, but he can't do what is right because he's a slave of that sinful nature. He's a slave of his own flesh. Do you understand? So even if he tries to obey God, even if his spirit really wants to obey God, he can't truly obey God because he is now a slave to the flesh that carries the sinful nature that always wants to go against God. And so that was why Jesus Christ came to the world. God brought his son Jesus to free us from the clutches of our flesh, to free us from sin. God brought Jesus Christ to help us to obey God. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. The whole laws of God, the whole law that God has given us to follow because um, God gave Moses the ten commandments the laws for people to obey him and then those laws because you see the thing is um the sin is against the laws of god yeah and we know that the law that made um i mean the law that adam and eve disobeyed was what brought the sinful nature so in time when um you know generations and generations passed and passed there was no law that they were following to actually even make them know that okay oh um, our forefathers in the past have actually brought a course that would make us um, slaves to our flesh and make us sin against God. There was no law apart from that that God has set in the beginning. There was no law again that um, that would make them actually know that they had that sinful nature in them because God threw Adam and Eve out of the garden and they lived outside of the garden and generations and generations were grown from Eve's seeds and offsprings and everything. So these people were just living but they didn't know that um, there, were, there was that sinful nature in them. They didn't have that idea. So God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He gave Moses a new set of law for people to follow. And sin goes crazy the sinful nature goes crazy when it sees the laws of god because it wants to always go against the laws of god so when those new laws were set sin just started erupting everybody was always sinning against god if you look at the israelites they were always falling 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 and it was so it was so sad because god has given them laws to follow so why are they sinning against god why are they going against the laws of god that was when they now realized that it's not them because they wanted to obey god they wanted to actually follow god's laws but it was now like they, they now knew that it wasn't them because if you want to do what is good but you see that you are not doing what is good that means it is not you that 
is not wanting to do what is good it is something living in you that is making you not want to do what you want to do and that was what paul was um explaining in romans 7 so they realized that sin is what made them not obey god because um sin goes crazy when it sees the laws of god so what god was doing was that he gave them that law so they will be aware that they had that sinful nature in them and so that when he brings jesus christ it would be easy for them to believe jesus it will be easy for them to accept jesus because that will be the only way they would be able to obey god and subdue that flesh that makes them to disobey him and so the fulfillment of the law is jesus christ the law fulfilled is jesus and that's explained and that is explained in matthew 5 verse 17 please let's open our bible to matthew 5 verse 17 i read it says this was jesus speaking he said do not think that i have come to abolish the law or the prophets i have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them so this was jesus speaking because it was the the law came from the prophets that god gave the law to so he was speaking to people he said do not think i have come to abolish the law or the prophets no i have not come to do that i have come to fulfill them to fulfill the law so the fulfillment of the law is jesus christ and you get this fulfillment of the law by grace through faith when you believe in jesus so it is by faith that we believe in jesus jesus died on the cross for us so that we can have his life in us his life is the fulfillment of god's law in us and we receive this by the grace of god when we have faith in jesus christ so the law fulfilled is gotten by grace through faith and that is jesus it's like saying you've been in a country where you are oppressed where they are treating you badly where you are enslaved and then god is giving people free passports free visas and then a large um, airplane or a jet and then he's saying my people run to this um, run to this airplane run to this jet and quickly move into a land of freedom move into a land of freedom where you will not be oppressed and enslaved again so this this passport this visa this airport airplane sorry this airplane this jet is the life of christ and the land that is oppressing them the uh, slavery that they are facing is the flesh so god has given us jesus and that when we enter into that airplane and fly into the new land we are now free from slavery so when you believe jesus and you have his life in you you are free from the clutches of sin you are free from the clutches of the flesh because the life of christ in you is it kills the desire of the flesh it kills the desire of your flesh having control over you so instead of you having desires to disobey god you will now have desires to obey god because the life of christ brings that desire to you so what people do instead of you to look at unnecessary loads you have in that land that is oppressing you let's say um oh you still have your your household you still have your jewelries you still have your money you can't leave the land this is what happens people still want the things of the flesh they still want the desires of the flesh they still want to to um drink they, they still want to be drunk they still want to to defile their bodies they still want to do immoral things they still want to be slaves they still want to be enslaved by their flesh meanwhile god doesn't want this thing god is saying i have given you jesus i have given you the plane the passport the visa 
enter the plane and go into a new settlement and have freedom because the time will not come when god brings his people those that have entered into that plane and have gone to a new settlement he will go to that new settlement carry the people and take them to heaven so those the airplane the passport and the visa will now disappear meaning those people are now ultimately stuck in that land of slavery because there is nothing again for them to move into that new settlement that brings freedom and that is why when now that god has given us jesus it is not for you to keep on living a sinful life it, because you um you have jesus does not mean you have um um the access or the 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 free will to now sin no it is for you to enter the plane quickly hurry be free before god comes to bring his children to him and then you are now left behind because you don't want to leave your sinful ways the flesh so now the law fulfilled in us that is gotten by grace through faith enables us to obey god it kills the desire jesus christ died on the cross and because jesus christ died when he lives in us the sinful nature that's the flesh is put to death the same way jesus christ died for us he died so that the flesh would die in us so because jesus christ died when we have his life in us we are now the, the sinful nature the flesh is now put to death and we are now able the new desire in us is now to obey god and now i want to give us a verse romans 6 1 to 2 is still talking about you shouldn't live a sinful life just because you have jesus christ romans 6 verse 1 to 2 please let's open our bible and get there i read it says what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means we are those who have died to sin how can we live in it any longer so this bible verse is saying that the grace that god has given us through jesus does that now mean because we have that grace we should go on sinning no we are we have now died to sin because of that grace god has given us the grace through faith in jesus and we have his life in us so because we have his life in us doesn't mean we should continue sinning doesn't mean we should continue staying in that land of oppression it is now for us to to now um believe in jesus and live a righteous life and obey god he says we who have died to sin we have died to sin because jesus died for us he died for us he died so that our flesh would die and it would have no more authority in our life so it is for you to enter that plane carry your passport and visa my friend fly to a new settlement and live in freedom okay so yes that is that is it the love fulfilled in us is jesus now the love fulfilled in you is activated by love the life of christ in you is activated by love so you know that the love the love fulfilled in you is what enables you to obey god the law fulfilled that means how to obey god everything in you is activated by love for god so i have two um verses here i have a particular verse that talks on this activation of the law fulfilled in us by love so um let's go to matthew 22 verse 37 to 40 matthew 22 37 to 40 please open your bible and let's just enjoy this teaching and listen to what the holy spirit is speaking to us so open your bible and let's get the verse together matthew 22 37 to 40 i read it says jesus replied love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind 
this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself verse 40 all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments so what this verse is saying is that all the laws of god all the laws god has said to us and all the laws god will say to us to do all of them hang on these two commandments it is from these two commandments that will enable us to fulfill all the laws that god will give us to obey him do you understand so like i said the law fulfilled in you that's the law fulfilled in you jesus christ the law fulfilled in you is activated by love and that love is a love for god love the lord your god with all your hearts and with all your soul and with all your mind and it also says love your neighbor as yourself god is love and when you are able to love god it automatically makes you love your neighbors as well so this love that comes from god this love for god and this love for our neighbors is what enables us to fulfill all the laws that god will make that that god will give to us that will enable us to obey him we even go to john 14 verse 21 please open your bible and let's read that verse i read it says whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by my father and i too will love them and show myself to them so god is saying here that whoever has his commandments and keeps his commandments is the one who loves him god is saying here that it is love for him that enables you to obey him and this love also helps you to love your neighbor and it is what helps you to fulfill all the commandments god has placed for us to obey him now um in parts of the commandments we see that it says do not murder do not steal these things are from people around us because you can steal from people around you and i'm just explaining that to obey god to obey what he has said that love your neighbor as yourself also tends because if you love god it helps you to love your neighbor and you are not also able to to mother them or steal from them so this love is this love this all-round love for god that makes you love your neighbor too these two types of love the love for god and the love for people around you is what helps you to fulfill every commandment that god has given us and that god will give us to follow now how does god describe this love that you should have in your heart for him how does god describe this love this love that you should have in your heart for him and people around you let's go to first corinthians 13 verse 4. let's get our bible and open the verse and let's read together i read it says love is patience love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects it always trusts it always hopes and it always perseveres love never fails this really it's it's really touches my heart it's it's beautiful love is patience you see god is showing us here the kind of love we should have not just for him but also for people it is like it is showing us the love we should have for him and for people love is patience 
the love you have for people is patience love is kind it makes you kind to people it does not envy you are not a because of that love you are not able to envy others it does not boast it is not proud it kills pride that love you have for god and for people that is in you that god gives you that you develop for him by knowing him and having a relationship with him that love is not proud it does not dishonor others no it is not self-seeking i want us to take note of this word self-seeking it is not self-seeking because this particular word is how our love for god should be our love for god is not self-seeking it is not to please ourselves no our love for god is for him is self-denial it is denying ourselves so we can please him it is not self-seeking now it does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth jesus is the truth jesus is the way the truth and the life so it rejoices with the truth it rejoices with jesus yeah so as i said before we should take note of the word self-seeking it says that love is not self-seeking as i said before this love we have for god is a love that is sacrificial is a love that is self-denial the bible says that we should deny our flesh and follow jesus the bible says that if we want to follow god if we want to be disciples of jesus we have to deny ourselves deny your flesh deny your desires deny that land of oppression and follow jesus and enter that plane and follow him it is not self-seeking it doesn't think of its own pleasures this love you have for god does not think of its own pleasures does not think of its own desires its own selfish desires it thinks of god and how to please god it is a love of self-denial so you can follow god and i want us to go to this verse that also describes this this um love that is sacrificial this love that is self-denial let's go to john 15 verse 13 i read it says greater love has no man than this greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend it is saying that there is no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend so you know jesus in fact this verse was talking about jesus how he showed such great love by laying down his life for us by laying down his life for us so we can be free from sin but then if we turn the tables we are his friends so friends are meant to reciprocate that same love too by laying down your own life for your own friend since god since jesus laid down his life for us why shouldn't we also lay down our lives for him and we lay down our lives for him by denying ourselves and following him by seeking him by by denying our fleshly desires by denying that sinful life and following jesus so greater love has no man than this that you should lay down your own life for jesus christ you are also reciprocating that love to him it's a sacrificial love a love that is ready to follow him and do what he wants now that sacrificial love is a love that is ready to to commit anything to him a love that is ready to to give up anything for him because to follow jesus you have to give up things you have to give up worldly things and become holy by letting him guide you to obey god do you understand so that love that love you have 
to that love you have for god from knowing because um the last episode talked about how to obey god by loving him and you only get to love god you only get to have this love by actually getting close to him and having a relationship with him so listen to the um the former episode for a more understanding on that but then this love this sacrificial love makes you to sacrifice things for jesus you have to sacrifice things for him you have to let go of things he tells you to let go of you have to let go of certain things and follow him and that is what this love is talking about a love that is not self-seeking a love that is self-denial a love that is sacrificial this is the greatest love that a man can have for his friend now this love fulfilled in us brings the desire to obey god like i said before i want us to open our bible to philippians and philippians 2 verse 13 let's get the bible verse and read it please so the love fulfilled in us that is jesus is higher than the sinful nature in us and puts to death the desires of sin in our lives now this love fulfilled in us jesus christ because um jesus christ is brought to us by the holy spirit that love fulfilled in you jesus the word of god jesus living in you is brought to you by the holy spirit when you believe in jesus the spirit of god comes in you and that spirit is what carries the life of christ in you yes you have the life of christ in you like i have said before but then there is a spirit of god that comes in you to give you that life do you understand i didn't mention that i'm mentioning it now the spirit of god is who brings the life of christ in you he's the one that brings christ in inside your life do you understand and so jesus in you by the holy spirit brings you that desire to obey god so philippians 2 13 like i've said we should open i read it says for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose it is god who works in you it is god who gives you that desire to follow his purpose to obey him do you understand and the spirit of god in you um spirit of god in you that carries jesus is what brings up is what propagates that desire in you to obey god so god through his spirits with the life of christ in you gives you that desire to follow the laws that guides you to obey god it gives you that desire to want to obey god now the decision to obey that desire or the decision to follow that desire that the spirit of god brings in you through the life of christ is love and that is why god says love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your mind it also says love your neighbor as yourself because this love is what enables you to make that decision to follow that desire that god will sprout up in you because of the life of christ you have in you so love is what enables you to make that decision because we see that when we have the life of christ in us god is always telling us don't do this don't do this and then the flesh might want to be saying do this do this so that decision to follow that desire that god is bringing in you through the holy spirit by the life of christ in you that's um decision to follow that desire that god brings in you because you have the life of christ in you is love it is love that makes you obey that desire and that is why god says it is when you love him you obey him it is that love that makes you make that decision to obey god without loving god you can't obey him and that's why god says love the lord your god with all your hearts with all your soul and with all your mind love 
god with all your heart all your soul your soul is where your emotion lies your soul is where your intellect lies and you cannot um act without thinking it is from your thoughts that come your action do you understand and that is why god is saying love you the lord your god with all your hearts all your soul because you have the spirit of god in you like i said the spirit of god is who brings the life of christ in you the spirit of god is the person that brings the life of christ in you and so the spirit of god is now like in communion with your own spirits you understand there um we have three um sections of our being we have our flesh we have our soul and we have our spirits the flesh is put to death because we now have the life of christ in us through the spirit of god you understand so the spirit is now in a higher position and kills that desire of the flesh in you so now you now have the spirit of god that brings that brings that sprouts of the desire to obey god in you and so your soul is now in the middle your soul is what makes your flesh obey that desire your soul is what makes your flesh bow to the desire of god in your life and what makes your soul obey your spirit so that your flesh can obey your soul is love it is a love for god that enables you to make that decision to obey god and that is why you have to love the lord your your god with all your hearts with your heart with your soul because when you love god when your soul is filled with love for god it is ready to make that decision to obey the desires the spirit of god will bring in you in your spirit and your flesh is now able to act out that love to act out that obedience because of the love your soul has for god and that is why god says love the lord your god with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind now to the very um the very emphasized parts that we will be talking about in this episode what if something comes and shakes that love i had to explain every other thing so it would have it would build a good foundation on this topic what if something comes to shake that love you have for god now to strengthen your love for god you need to understand his love for you to strengthen your love for god so that when storms come when things come that want to shake your love for god when things come that want to to make you um that wants to blind the love you have for god what then do you do it is to strengthen your love for god and to understand his love for you when you come to the revelation of how much more god loves you it will strengthen your own love for him and enable you to continually obey him let's go to ephesians 3 16 to 19 and let's read the verse together i read it says i pray that out of his glorious riches that is god's glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and i pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of god so like i said before to strengthen your love for god that will enable you to continually obey him is to understand his love for you now it is seen here that to know this love that surpasses knowledge the love for god to to fully understand god's love is i don't know because you can't fully understand god's love his love is just immeasurable his love is 
as high as the heavens are to the earth it's 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 wide it's big it's too big for our our little minds to comprehend so daily daily we can bring ourselves to different levels of understanding of his love you can't fully um understand god's love for you it is it is it is it is so wide for us to fully understand but we can come to different depths of understanding of his love and this is what strengthens our love for god it says and i pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all god's people to grasp how wide how long how high and how deep the love of christ is it is saying that when you are rooted in god's love when you are established in his love you are able to grasp how wide how long how high and how deep his love really is i want to go to nlt so it can bring more light to our understanding it says then christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into god's love and keep you strong it now says and may you have the power to understand as all god's people should how wide how long how high and how deep his love is verse 16 says i okay verse 17 says then christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him so it's saying here that when you place yourself to to understand god's love for you when you understand and get revelation of the love of god for you um, your roots will grow down into god's love and keep you strong and then christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him so the more you get to understand god's love for you the more your love is rooted in god and the more you are strong so when you understand god's love for you your love for him is rooted it's 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 it becomes more rooted in god and it keeps you strong so it is this revelation this knowing of god's love for you that keeps you strong in times of troubles in times of tribulations because storms will come trials and tribulations will come because we're in this world but god says we should take heart; he has overcome the world but then storms will come trials and tribulations will come so what will strengthen your love for you that would make you still trust in him even though these things happen that will make you still love him and make you want to still obey him and follow him this strengthened love for him comes from knowing how much more he loves you there is joy in knowing someone you love loves you even more so knowing the the love christ has for you knowing the love god has for you is what strengthens your love for him it's it's the roots of your love for god will grow and it will keep you strong and it would make you trust him now how do we understand god's love for us first of all we pray for it we pray for understanding like ephesians 3 um verse 18 says and may you have the power to understand as all god's people should how wide how long how high and how deep his love is we pray to understand the depths of god's love for us and because we god's love is as high as the heavens are to the earth god's love is high it's 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 large and it's it's so full that we we might not really come to fully understand this because um of how our mind is god's love is is more than what we can think jonas and god's love is is incomprehensible it's beautiful so we pray to god that he moves us into different levels of this understanding we have of his love for him and the more we press in the more we are exposed the more we know god's love for us it strengthens our own love 
for him so ways to understand his love for you pray for it pray to god that he he moves you into levels of understanding of his love and then read his word god's love god's love god's word shows how much he loves us god's word it's it shows in details it's puts points in details of how god really loves us psalms 103 verse 11 says the love god has for his people is as high as the heavens are to the earth um jeremiah 31 verse 3 it says long ago the lord said to israel i have loved you my people with an everlasting love with unfailing love i have drawn you to myself god loves us with an everlasting love isaiah 43 verse 2 also says when you go through deep waters i will be with you when you go through deep waters i will be with you when you go through rivers of difficulty you will not drown when you walk through the fire of oppression you will not be burned up the flames will not consume you god is literally showing his love here for us when we go through storms and trials and tribulations in life he is showing us in his word that he loves us so much that when we go through these things he is with us when we go through rivers of difficulty we will not drown when we walk through the fire of oppression we will not be burned up god is showing how much more he loves us here by reassuring us that even when we go through these things he is right there with us and he is even assuring us that nothing will happen to us so reading god's word helps you to understand his love for you and understanding this love for you will strengthen your love for him so when things come that wants to shake and uproot your love for god your love is strengthened and it is rooted down in god and you are strong now you understand god's love for you from events in the bible the lives of people who love god we see the life of job we see the life of of daniel how job was tricking with um a a fatal disease how job um was his families his children died all his wealth everything just disappeared in a day and we see that job still praised god he still trusted god he never stopped um praising god and reverencing god we see the life of daniel how daniel was thrown into the lions then yet he still trusted god that god will save him we see the life of joseph we see how he was sold into slavery but then he still reverenced god we see esther how she risked her life to save god's people and then she still trusted god and god was always here for his people he restored job back even twice than he had before he made joseph great in the king in, in egypt he saved daniel from the lion's den and he he found he made esther find favor in the sight of the king so she wouldn't die these people were put in hot seats that could have made them that could have um, shook the love they have for god but then their love was rooted in god and god was there for them so even reading the lives of these people in the bible it strengthens your love for god because you are able to understand that god loves these people and the same god the same love that god has for them is the same um, love that god has for you because god doesn't change so if god can do this for them he can do this for you and nothing is new under the sun the bible even says that there's no suffering that is new everything has happened before so you know that these things are things that will happen and will always happen but then since god always rises up for his people he will rise up for you he will rise up for me now how we also understand this love god has for us is walking with him experiencing him the more we work with god the more we 
we follow God, the more we build our relationship with Him, we move into different depths of His love. God is ready to reveal Himself to His people. I'll use myself as a testimony. The more I I place myself to know more about Him, the more I fall in love with Him, and the more I also understand the love He has for me. God always reveals a greater level and understanding of His love to me every single day. He reveals how much more He loves me, especially in His Word, in different measures, even what God does for us, how He saves us, how how He provides for us. Walking with Him also makes you understand how much He loves you. So you're not just also reading it, but you're also experiencing the love. You're also experiencing the love and it brings you a much more understanding of His love for you because you are experiencing it yourself. Now, um, I want us to go to Romans 8 verse 28. Yeah, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. So, the Bible verse here is saying that we know that God causes everything to work together for good for they that love God. So because we love God, because God knows we love Him, He will cause everything to work for our good. Even in storms, even in trials, even in tribulations, all these things will not harm us. But God will always look for a way to turn this mishaps to turn these situations into blessings for us so coming to this revelation would make you confident in storms would make you confident in trials that even if i am in this storm my father loves me and he will make this thing work for my good because i love him too we go to hebrews 12 verse 6 please open your bible and let's get to the verse together hebrews 12 verse 6 i read it says for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. So we see that even God punishes his children, just like a father will discipline his child so that they they learn and they don't do certain things anymore. It's the same way God punishes and disciplines his children and those he loves so that they are built to become better people so at times we see ourselves facing things and we think um god doesn't love us but then we see that god corrects us at times god punishes us to correct us we see how god punished the israelites so they can turn to him and and live righteously we see god's love in correction so at times when we see ourselves we see things happening to us it can be because god is trying to correct us god is trying to discipline us so we become better people and this is like a father to a son relationship so even in then even in that situation you know god loves you and is trying to correct you so it's not for harm so this understanding of god's love is what strengthens you and what builds you up builds your love up and doesn't let anything shake the love you have for god so this is how you sustain obedience to god making yourself understand that the love god has for you understanding the love god has for you will help you stand and strengthen the love you also have for him because if storms come that try to shake your love for him your strengthened love for god through understanding will enable you to still obey and follow him because you're able to understand that god's love for you is greater than what you face and that he is with you and that all things will work together for your good you're like nah god loves me god loves you he loves you and 
in whatever thing that comes to shake your love i want you to always know that all things work for your good because god loves you and you love him god is ready to fight for those who love him god loves you I want you to always know that. So don't let anything shake your love by understanding how much God loves you. This is how you sustain obedience to God all the time. I hope we enjoyed this teaching. I hope we learned something from this teaching. I'm very happy that the Holy Spirit has poured out, poured out Himself, himself to you to understand how to sustain obedience to God. This is how to obey God part two. I love you, but God loves you more. Thank you very much for listening. The word of God is my best friend. He can be yours too. All you need to do is to surrender to him and get to know him more daily, intimately, and consistently. I hope we understood this teaching. If you have any questions, there would be a question box after you finish this episode to ask your various questions and I will surely answer them in a special episode for questions and answers. Dear friend, I pray for you now that these words you have heard won't leave your heart, but it would grow forth in you and bear much fruit in Jesus' name. My whole life was a total wreck before I gave my life to Jesus Christ. If he can change me, he can change you too. If you want to truly give and surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I just want you to pray this simple prayer of faith sincerely with me as we round up today's episode. Oh Lord Jesus, I need you. I acknowledge that I am a sinner due to the fleshly birth I have been brought into. And I can't live a true holy life with God without you. I confess all my sins to you with all my heart. I want to give you a few seconds to state your sins to him inwardly. Pause this and play it when you are done. Lord Jesus, now I lay down my life and accept yours through the Holy Spirit of God. I receive you. Come into me, Lord, and be my personal Lord and Savior to continuously guide me and ultimately save me from death as I obey your word thank you father thank you friend for in jesus mighty name i have prayed amen yay we thank the almighty god for your sweet sweet life Dear friend, you are now a child of God and are qualified to the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. You have the spirit of God in you. You have the life of Christ in you. And you have the word of God living inside of you. That powerful word. You have life abundantly and you will never die spiritually. Even if the flesh is gone, you will always be with him in heaven. Keep on with his word and let him guide you. I want to give you a Bible verse, Psalm 119 verse 105. It says, your word 
is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path this means guidance and direction now that you have the life of christ in you you need his word to continually guide you and direct you on your path in life meditate on that as we come to the end of this episode thank you very much for listening and i will see you in the next episode it would be a great honor come and listen to the word of god jesus is waiting for you goodbye